0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron. This is Caleb. We're just grateful to have you guys back with us again today. A couple things before we get started. Just a reminder, check us out on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you're uh, just catching our content. Be sure to like and to share. And then your favorite podcast channel, if you're listening to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, um, whatever. Um, be sure to just leave some great reviews, share that. It's a great platform. Again, just to share with your friends, your family, people you hate. I mean, if you're like, man, the show sucks, man, punish somebody else with it. That's right. Um, just do it. what you can. Um, just to continue. Love. Yeah, share the love, share the hate, whatever whatever that feeling is inside that you have with us. Just share that with it's, other it's people. It's a beneficial lesson. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, man, we are, um, man, we're just grateful. Grateful for uh, you still being here. Yeah. Um, I know, what was it, a couple weeks ago, we ran into somebody in the church lobby, and we realized that we at least have one listener. That's right. And Somebody so, surprised us. <laughs> yeah, hey, like, I actually
1: listened to you. Yeah, what? Yeah. Well, yeah maybe There's was, a real person yeah. <laughs>
0: that I'm not married to listening to us?
1: <laughs> so, man, life's just full of wonderful surprises. Hey, but we've got, you were just talking, we were just looking at the our numbers or whatever, and we actually had an increase in in downloads
0: and things, which is, yeah. So, you know, I've been shippocked. I mean, shippocked. <laughs>
1: It's what's early. It's in, in your coffee.
0: <laughs> well, not enough <laughs> caffeine. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been shocked just by that. Yeah, um, I know we're our both... bot
1: Listenership has really yeah. gone through the roof. <laughs> I don't
0: know what they're after, but <laughs> it's something. They're not going to get anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Anyway. But uh, hopefully, you caught last week's episode. Um, Pastor Rick came on. It was our first ever interview. Um, it wasn't um, completely botched, so no. you know there was at least we one tried. mode in there that was pretty <laughs> sketchy, but. Um, hopefully you were able just to catch that. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. But today we're going to, we're going to pick up on, um, one of the questions that, that we had for him. He touched on it uh, briefly and it's this: can we really change and do people recover? Um, and so, you know, in the recovery culture, I know a lot of people who've been on the other side of it, um, they'll actually wear shirts or that slogan. We, we do recover. I can recover, recovered. Um, but you know, it's kind of, uh. It is kind of one of those things that if you're if you're seeking to change, you question your ability to do so. Um, oftentimes, bridges you've burned with people they get so fed up in those situations that you know they just begin just to assume that that everybody's going to be exactly how they are to the end of time and and so we get stuck in these ruts we get stuck in these situations where all hope is lost and so we want to talk about this we kind of want to talk about the hope we have um, for change and those things Um, but I want to start with this because I believe that this is a trap when we're talking about can people really change do people recover it's important to realize this that that you can change but you can't change other people that I'm I'm in control of me and and what I I do. I'm not in control of you and I believe oftentimes um we fall into that trap and I know Caleb you've been in recovery um, ministry for going on 10 years 7 8 9 I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> is this is something you see often.
1: What? People not changing or people <laughs> People trying to change yeah. other people. people yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about that uh last week or a couple weeks ago where you know, we we talked about we always get um it just happened. Uh, I just ran into this yesterday, um, where people are like, "Hey, I need you to reach out to to yep. my loved one and, and invite them to recovery, and because um, they're they're addicted, they're in addiction right now, and, and really um, they they need to come to recovery." And I'm just like, I don't doubt in the least they do, but yeah. here's the thing: it won't. I can I can do that, but it won't work because if they don't want to change, I can't change them. I can't make them want to do it. Um, and you know, yeah, we, we've seen the gamut in 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 my years in recovery ministry, uh, where, um, I mean, I've got one guy that comes to mind, super great guy, uh, that man, he had, he had quite the rap sheet, uh, quite the, the stint in prison and the dude is totally on fire for God and helping people. Super great guy. Uh, love being around him. One of the few people that will hug me and I don't like recoil and, you know, uh, but he, he does it. I think he does it more just, because of that fact like he just to, to troll me a little bit, but um, every time he sees me he wants to give me a hug. And um, but I don't mind because like so this guy is just super great. Like his his turnaround is um, you know complete 180 from where he was. And then on the other hand, we've got same people that, you know, just show up and um, you know, they're doing good for a week or two and then they come in and you can tell that they're not doing good. And yeah. you know and th- th- that cycle has repeated you know for years and so uh but the difference is is one one and two and one hasn't hasn't hit enough discomfort in their life to make that decision to permanently make you know make changes that are actually going to be long lasting you know that's the the with the ones that haven't changed you talk to them you say hey you know well, what are we doing different or we well i haven't you know kind of like the ned flanders parents from symptoms you know we've We've done nothing, man, and we're all out of ideas. And that's kind of, that's their, that's their change, is that they, you well, know, I haven't, you know, I'm struggling because I've got a lot of negative influences at work. Well, have you tried to find another job? No. Okay, well, Yeah. come talk to me when you've done that. You know, like, you're gonna have to do something different if you want to experience something different. So, yeah, that's kind of what you see with those. Yeah, and types.
0: it's a, I mean, it's a hard place to be in, you know, um, because we want to have hope, and we should have hope that people change. You know, we should continue to be there for them. Um, pray for them you've got to come to a place where you've got healthy boundaries um, and navigate those things right and so I don't want to sit here and, and I'm no Calebs saying we don't want to say people can't change but but it is important to remember you're not going to change them that yeah. doesn't change what you should do which again is is to be a, a strong support system for them um, pray for them have healthy boundaries don't don't enable them don't allow them to use you um, but just know that <clears throat> they're, they're going to do it or they're not going to do it. And it may happen today. Um, you may get 15 years down the road and they're still doing the same exact thing. And so you, you've got to learn to navigate that. It's a hard place to be in, especially when we love people and we see so much potential just in their lives. Um, we all have that person in our lives that we, we wish, pray, hope um, that that something would click and, and that they would change. And, and sometimes they do. I know I was that person for a lot of people in my family for almost 20 years where people hoped, prayed, burned bridges. Um, some people gave up, some people didn't. And then eventually I changed. Was it anything they did? No. I mean, they helped facilitate it, but ultimately, um, the, the only way we change is, um, through through Jesus Christ and and us reconciling to to follow him um, and to follow what he has for us. Now, the good news about that is it's not by chance. Like, people don't change by chance. And so that's when we think about it that way like oh man they 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 won the lottery of, of life change and, and they were able to get past an addiction or a struggle some type of strong cold in their life i wish i could be so lucky um we can look at that statement and we can know that that's crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah that those people that you do see changed um that should give you some type of hope for yourself that if there's something in your life you're facing you are without a doubt 100 percent able to overcome and to change that struggle in your life. You don't have to live with that. I mean, and, and that's kind of the hope there. I mean, society does tell us, you know, again, once an addict, always an addict, people never change. And, and we get kind of hit in the face with this, but it's just not true. It, it's not true. People people do change. People have to be ready. You have to be ready. You have to be willing um, to make those, um, to take those steps and to begin to pursue it. Um, but it's not some cosmic lottery that, that allows people to to change your stars. My kids were watching a movie the other day, actually. Um, what was it called? It's called The Night's Tale. Have you ever seen it? Oh, gosh yeah, yeah it's uh,
1: <laughs> the Heath Ledger one, yeah. Oh, my gosh I mean, gosh. I'm really
0: disappointed. Heath Ledger was so phenomenal in Batman as a Joker, and he'd done this, but anyways, there was <laughs> yeah. I caught one of the scenes in there, and uh, he's a little boy, and he's like, Well, dad, can people change the stars? And <laughs> and <laughs> so it was phenomenal <laughs> acting right there, yeah, you're, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and so his, his dad's like, yeah, you know, people can, and he's grown up in this medieval times where, you know, it's mm-hmm. really hard even to break the stigma where you're from. Well, we live in a culture where man, it's easy. You're, you're in America here. <laughs> like yeah. It doesn't mean you can be born in any situation, anywhere in society, doesn't really matter. You are 100% able to, to do what. Ever you want to do. I mean, it's just, it's crazy that people get so stuck here um, in, in just their, their circumstances. And so, um, by the words of the great long-lost Heath Ledger, you can change your stars. Uh, <laughs> you, you can... <clears throat> You can you can look yourself in the mirror, um, evaluate where you are, and you can take steps to be different. I mean, what greater hope is that? Um, and so, no matter what the world tells you, people tell you what you faced in life. That's just really not the case. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we would talk about that um, once an addict, always an addict. You know, because you hear that a lot, especially from people who come from other programs like AA or NA or that. Can, you know, not to, I'm not saying that they necessarily preach that, but. It, it's more pervasive in that it is. in that particular program because just, i just know that from the people that have come from there um so don't send me letters send them to Aaron um but I'm you know only I do <laughs> use the letters <laughs> but you know t- so let's take that let's take that idea out of addiction and put it somewhere else right like in we all know this if you've ever gone back to your high school reunion. Right, there's there's always the people that are there now, you know, like me, I only went back to one and that was enough to be like, I don't ever wanna do this again.
0: One more than I was willing to raise. Well,
1: I only went because my friend, like one of my really good friends, like he was on the planning committee. He's like, you gotta come. I was like, I don't want to. She's like, dude, you gotta come, okay. So I so I showed up just for him and I- I do I, wanna say this,
0: <clears throat> if you're going to your high school reunions, I judge you.
1: <laughs> well, like I said, at least once and then you're like, oh, okay. You know, I know. If you're going to more than one, now I'm judging. Like yeah. if you're our age, now like, if you're like 70 years old, like that that's that. back when it like, people weren't crazy. But anyway.
0: Well, I can see that, like, you know, once you get up there, it's like, who's alive? I'm gonna go see who's yeah. still alive. That's a, that's a competition. Yeah. Right? I, I want to be the last that's one standing right. at the high school reunion. That makes sense. The only, only one on sense. the high school committee planning. <laughs>
1: you yeah. don't up because you're only one left. Anyway, but you know, if you've ever been to your high school reunion, back to my original point um you show up and you've seen those people or you're probably friends with them on facebook who uh have not changed much um from high school oh yeah you know and you're just like oh god what losers and um in that context right there's no addiction associated there you're like man that's so sad that people haven't changed since high school and and you, you should be expected to change. You should be expected to be a different person, you know, at 40 than you were at 16. You would hope, right? Because if you're not, you're, you're a jerk and nobody likes you. Like, it, or the only people who do are the same people that are like you, like, that have not matured and haven't had life experience and haven't, you know, developed as a human being. Like, that's not a good place to be in. And we look at that and we think, man, I'm glad I'm not like that. Like, I'm glad I've grown up. I'm glad I'm not living you know I'm living in the same town I grew up in out of a choice like not because I couldn't get out of here it's because yeah. I, I went away and moved back because it's a good place to raise a family um, not because I'm like I said I'm stuck uh, and so we look at that and we think man it's so sad those people couldn't change but then in addiction circles we're like well once an addict always an addict and that's just the way we are and that's like we, you know we take that label and we accept it like well we can't change like no you should you should change like you you know, you go through this season of life, that's a bad season of life and you know, everybody has good and bad seasons and some, some worse than others. But you know, we should we should go through this and we you know, at the end of the at the end of the season be like I came out of it and hopefully have learned lessons to move me past this and make me stronger and able to, you know, fight off these temptations and, you know, learn some tools and some tricks to to um you know not be as susceptible to doing that thing now that doesn't mean that as we move say if you're addicted to alcohol and you 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 know you break through that addiction and um, you know that's not a, a thing you're struggling with that you should just go out and be like yeah i can go have a few with the boys like you need to know what you can or can't do i'm not you know that's not what we're saying at all but to say to attach that label to yourself then i'm an addict and i'm always an addict that's not a healthy thing to do you know, you can change. You can, you can, you can shed that label and say, "No, I'm not an actor anymore." You know, I, I was, I did struggle with that, right? I was a high school student. I was an immature sixteen-year-old at one point, and now I've grown up. I've, I've, you know, I've learned. I've learned not to pop my mouth off so often when I, I, can't, I can't just say what I think to whoever I think. And, you know, maybe I don't know everything, right, like all 16-year-olds do. And maybe, you know, there are better ways to deal with conflict than to just storm off to my room and slam the door. Like, you know, you, you grow from that, and you learn, and you do change. And you can say, I'm not that person anymore. I'm new. I'm, I'm better. I've matured. Um, and, and so, no, you know, you, you're not always an addict. You're not always broken. Um, no. And what a weak God would we serve if we're like, yeah, he can't restore me. No. You know, like, what's the point then? Yeah. Right. I mean, what's the point of salvation? What's the point of any of that? Why do we, why do we accept salvation? Well, it's to, to justify, reconcile ourselves back to God, for God to, to wipe away our sins and, and to, like I said, make us right with God. Now, if God can do that, if God can forgive us our sins and, and justify us back to him, then you know, but we're like, well, but he can't, you know, he can't take care of the whole, you know, addict thing I am yeah. or
0: whatever. Or, or any number of things. I mean, um, I, mean I, I do. I look at people and they just they carry this burden of life with them everywhere they go, unwilling to let go of it, unwilling to move past it because they've bought in this lie. All these other things can change in their life, but not this one thing. And, and it becomes this crutch, um, which eventually is just a pitfall that they can't get out of. Um, and we have to just be willing to, to take an honest account of where we're at and, and take those steps to be different, to be better and, and to grow. Um, you know, I know in my marriage, for instance, I, I came into my marriage, um, perfect. Janelle was utterly broken. Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're in a relationship, you know, long term, cause she
1: doesn't <laughs> listen. <laughs>
0: If you're in a long-term relationship, you know this. You're both screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> you both had things to work on. Right. And what do we do in that? That's, that's what sets functional relationships apart from non-functional. Not that the people were meant to be um, or perfect or soulmates or any of that other nonsense we buy into. It's that two people were willing to evaluate their downfalls and to make an effort to to change and to grow together. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. There's there's no I mean it's not Disney here. Um, you know, there wasn't you know the the prince and um, the princess and <laughs> they they came together in some beautiful magical way. Now it was uh, man, I'm jacked up, you're jacked up, let's let's work on this together, let's not be jacked up together. That's right, it. yeah, on that healthiness. Yeah, yeah. And so we gotta begin just to really again to evaluate these things in our life, move forward with with this idea. The hope is you can change. The hope is it, it can be different it will be different if you're willing to pursue it. Um, kind of back on the addiction thing, there was this statistic, and it, and it surprised oh man, it surprised me. Um, I was looking up some stuff, and this is in the context of addiction, but I, I like to use addiction as a baseline, even though we're not just an addiction recovery program. Addiction is kind of like the symptom of brokenness inside. Mm-hmm. So if you use this kind of as your baseline, I mean, it's representative, uh, representative of so much um, just brokenness in people. But the CDC and the National Institute on Drug Abuse in 2020 found that three out of four people who experienced addiction eventually recover. Uh, so man, that's 75% of people who in a secular secular worldview, secular statistic, people who um, identify as Christians, I, I guarantee you this is higher. But 75% of people will eventually get passed. Um, their addiction. Well, in order to get past an addiction, you have to get past the pain that, that started that. I mean, that's just the way it works. And so this is representative of addicts, but it's representative of people who grew past pain and trauma in their life, overcome it um, to, to change their stars. Uh. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> we'll see.
1: I don't want to think about that movie.
0: <laughs> oh, but I mean, what, what a great hope. And then, you know, as Christians, I mean, we're a Christ centered program. This is what I know. Um, that's 75% of people that do this. I-, I believe wholeheartedly 100% of people can do this when they wholly, fully rely and trust in Jesus. That this is outside of Jesus. We can get 75% of people to walk this out. We can get 100% if you really pursue Him yeah. in all that you do.
1: It'd be interesting, too, to see like they're the, this is the, the nerd in me i'd be interested to see like their methodology on that that number like because you know one of the things that happens is sometimes and i and i don't doubt in the least that this is part of that number is that they they would count in like say if you were addicted to alcohol and you're like I, i gave that up but then um so that would probably count as somebody who is recovered from their addiction in this study or in this number that they got but then um I wouldn't be surprised at all to find out that they're addicted to something else. Yeah. Like, and so, because you see that a lot, like you'll see, um, well, you know, I um, mentioned it before because that's what triathletes do, but I do triathlon. And and especially like an endurance sport, you'll see a lot of former addicts because it it can become addictive because there's such a requirement to, to train all the time. And so, you know, you have that kind of addictive personality. And so maybe you give up you know the the thing that's harmful or more harmful, like you know drugs or alcohol, but then they they'll they'll turn their proclivities that way into exercise, and so th- and then they're exercising almost to an unhealthy level because they're they're addicted to that. You know they're just fine they just found another thing to be addicted to. So I'm curious, you know, and like and the reason I bring that up is because what you're talking about is like until we kind of deal with the the root cause or the symptom of what is going on, then. You know that's where, that's where that addiction comes from. Is we're, we're looking for something to make us feel better, and like I said, it can be it can be things that we would consider healthy or helpful. You know, it can be exercise. You know, but almost to but some people can take that to a level level that's uh, detrimental to their health. Right? It's, they're doing it too much because, again, they're, they haven't dealt with what's going on on the inside, and so um, yeah, I'd be curious to see see. Uh, what they counted as a recovery in that
0: yeah which is interesting. the the article you know, it's the cdc yeah. i know, yeah. i'm a little
1: after the last couple of years i'm a little worried. <laughs> i can't talk about it too much or we'll get banned or something there we'll definitely get some angry emails but uh so. their numbers have been a little suspect here lately yeah shall we say <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah,
0: so even in a secular context, though, there is, there's just hope for, for things um, shifting in your life and, and changing. Um, and one of the reasons is, you know, God's designed us this way, anyways. Like, God's given people the ability um, to persevere. Um, to to go through trauma, to, to go through things, and to come out on the other side, okay. I mean, the, the human body's an amazing thing. And so um, whether you want to, to buy into Christianity and believe in God our creator or not, um, you still get benefits, some benefits to what he's done regardless. <laughs> Because um, it's just in our design. It's in our DNA. It's something he did from the very, um, very beginning. So, um, you know, as believers, we get so much more. But, but everybody has access to, to just his handiwork. And it's such a beautiful thing. In uh, one of these, um, I'll, I'll probably just butcher the way you even say this word, but um, Caleb's going to kind of <laughs> elaborate you know. on it. But uh, <laughs> uh, n- neuroplasticity. Um, Did I get it? It's close enough. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, Is one of those things. And this is something that that I kind of knew about um, in my recovery, you know, because one of my major points of addiction was methamphetamines. Methamphetamines, um, you know, when you feel like you can go 100 miles an hour um, and you're doing that all the time, you know, that that's so great that's so cool i mean you think about your car if i drove my car only 100 miles everywhere things begin to wear out burn out but your brain's the same way like when you're just dumping you know fuel on the fire constantly connections in your brain burn out and so that was one of the things that as a an addict to methamphetamine that that i went through and so these connections they burned out but because of this um they're not necessarily gone those are gone forever but my ability to think and process information wasn't gone forever it changed because of neuroplasticity that you know neuroplasticity yeah, yeah. yeah. well like let take over yeah. from here
1: <laughs> yeah um so neuroplasticity see now you did it to me Dead <laughs> <laughs> neuroplasticity is is a concept that your brain basically can change over over time and so um and, and so what's what's unique about that that's, that's actually a fairly new thing within i don't know maybe about the last i mean it, it gained mainstream prominence maybe in the past i don't know 20 years but really the last 10 years because you know when i was in school like you know, well all of this when we were in grade school um if you're my age or younger um especially if you're older than me or sorry if you're my age or older um you're taught that you're you know you're all the nerfs all the brain cells you have when you're born that's all you get and that's that's it. And you know, your brain is almost kind of kind of static after a point. But what we've come to find out is that that's not true. Is that there's actually you can generate some new brain cells. It's just, it's a very slow process. It's not like our blood cells, which regenerate every what 60 to 90 days. Um, but it, you you actually can generate some some new ones. But then neuroplasticity has to do with the way our brain is wired. And so what that means is that your brain builds connections and. And there's a t- the phrase we were talking about beforehand: is that the the areas that fire together wire together, meaning that the different areas of your brain that you're utilizing, if you start to utilize those in, in um, at the same time over over time, the connections between those things start to to get stronger. So think of um, you know like a road system. So like if you're in a, a small town, right? Then there's going to be a bunch of you know two lane two lane highways that for the traffic because there's not a lot of traffic there. But then as that town starts to grow, maybe, you know, Main Street starts to get congested. And so um, if you're like the town we live in, 20 years after the fact that you need it, they'll finally get around to approving, you know, extending the, uh, widening the road, so to speak, to handle the increased traffic. Mm -hmm. And that's what your brain starts to do. So if you start to, you know, um, well, like learning a sport, like if you're learning to throw a baseball, um, the coordination between your shoulder and your legs and your hips as you do a wind up and, and then you do that throw, those those motor s- functions in your brain, those motor areas between your hand and your hip and your um, elbow and your shoulder and, and whatnot, they all start to wire, uh, increase those connections, and they start to improve the the ability to, to pass information along those highways, so to speak, in your brain um, to improve the efficiency of that motion and that happens with everything and so um we were talking about before like if you you know if you've if you and your significant other have a, a song right we have you know our song i know like uh for jill and i the 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 song that was playing on the radio when we first kissed was uh when a Man Loves a Woman by Michael Bolton. It couldn't be the, the original one, unfortunately. It had to be by Michael Bolton. But, but I remember that because that's a very vivid memory for me and because your brain associates all that stuff together and those things become hardwired. So that's when, so like I said, we've all had that experience where you maybe you've heard a song and it takes you back to a memory, right? And that's that's what's going on there, where you smell something or you're in, a, in an area, um, you go to a place that you haven't been for a while and something significant happened there. It takes you back to that. Your brain has has wired that that location or that that smell or that that sound or whatever to to memories, um, and that's that's what's going on. Is your brain is developing that? But yeah. So then, what you were talking about as far as like the damage that we can do to that is that yeah, drugs and alcohol and those kinds of things can can damage those um, damage those highways, those connections. But <clears throat> kind of depending on what you do and how much you've done it. Um, some of that can be rebuilt especially if you if you if you're intentional about it you know Um, I mean I'm familiar with this this concept so I you know I I always try to do a lot of different things to improve the different you know I play music I read try to do creative artistic things because I'm trying to keep all these different areas one the connection strong because again the other concept is just like your muscles if you don't if you uh you don't use it you lose it yeah. those connections start to pair back even if they are not affected by drugs or alcohol that your brain starts to you know if we're not using this highway anymore we're going to take it take it down to a two laner instead of the four lane yeah. and um so you know i'm always trying to be intentional about using all the different areas of my brain to to improve that but yeah so um you can regenerate some of that stuff now sometimes uh, it can be a very, 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 very long process. We, we talked about before, um, I think off-air, like they did a study on monkeys that took like one or two doses of ecstasy, and like eight years later, they were still seeing that the the damage to the different areas in their brain that was done eight years ago was at the same level. Like that one was a, a tough one yeah. to, <laughs> to come back from. Yeah, we did um, talk about that. And then, yeah. If yeah. you ever but, wonder part of what's wrong with me. <laughs> But, um, you know, it just depends on what you've done in the past. So that's a very specific pathway. But something like alcohol affects many different areas of the brain. And so uh, long term use of alcohol, like excessive use of it will affect many areas of your brain. Yeah. Same with marijuana. Yeah. As much as people don't want to act like that, but I don't oh, no, it's no, not that's ad- medicine. Yeah, it's not addictive. It's like, OK, well, it it it, it interacts with a, a number of different receptors, a number of different systems in your body. And just like any anything you use, like sugar, uh, it will burn those receptors out if it's in excess. And then, you know.
0: No, that just can't be. No, that no. Can't,
1: that can't be true. That one guy on the blog
0: said yeah. it was but I saw that YouTube video and that told me how great it was. <laughs> and it actually has fixed all of my problems. I know it looks like, you know, yeah. the problems are worse than they were, but no, totally. Yeah, you know, totally what, you, know what,
1: you know what blew that canard out of the water for me? Was when, in, here in Oklahoma, we have medical marijuana, right? And that's what we're talking about. Um, when that was on the ballot, and I was, I knew I was going to be having questions from patients that I was dealing with, uh, so I was researching and reading, and I'd go to all these pro uh, marijuana blogs, and then I'd just start reading them, and I'm just like, "You can't tell me that this hasn't affected these people's brains." Oh, well,
0: <laughs> I can tell you somebody who did smoke. Here's the thing: like, as a teenager, like, we recognize the fact that that it did all of these things. And then these same people grow up and because they want medical marijuana, pretend like that's not the case. Yeah, and it's like ten times. I mean, more than ten times. I don't this know. Doesn't it's affect way me stronger at all, now. But I need it. Yeah, it's Yeah, do you like, need it yeah, It yeah, doesn't whatever. affect you. Anyway, you yeah, yeah, better not get on that one again. So I think
1: that <laughs> I think that was pretty. I don't know. Does that, that didn't yeah, kind of yeah. give you the deep dive into neuroplasticity? It does, that?
0: and you know. So one of the things <clears> you touched on in that is you know. It's interesting the song when you and your wife first kiss and so like when you guys hear that it, it probably triggers some things in your life right yeah like emotions, it makes me want to change your it, wife because yeah. i hate michael bolton but <laughs> well, <laughs> i bet your wife feels differently i'm like uh, hey
1: honey this is the song click you know
0: <clears throat> <laughs> um but, uh, you know, because of this concept with our brain, that's kind of like when we talk about triggers, you know, in some of in, in Caleb's book, when he talks about that, we've talked about it on a previous episode. Um, it's because of these connectors and stuff that things are triggered, you know, um, that's you know, what seems to be just a physical thing, I mean, you gotta think at how much it impacts your mind. I mean, I used to yeah. have difficulty driving by Quick Trip because I went into Quick Trip every day and I got I got smokes, I got dip, I got alcohol. Um, so one of the things I had to do over time, which is this on um, a different scale, was, was change my route home, change my association with places that um, just like overuse of things can burn things out, but you know, as Caleb was talking about certain activities. Let's say every time you get angry, you go and get a drink. Well, what are you doing? You're you're doing this in your mind. You're building this right. this highway. A connection there. You're building a connection. <clears throat> I got I got ticked off. I'm gonna go get smashed. I got ticked off. I'm gonna go get smashed. And so now you've built that. So it's not only this addiction, like in the concept of the way we typically think about it. It's it's a it's a pattern in your thought process that has been built over time. Yeah. That connection have been made in the receptors and so what what we got to do is we've got to heal from that even yeah. as well
1: and it becomes it becomes almost like a program like a startup program in your computer that you know we all have you know if you have a computer and you've had it for any amount of time you know it starts to slow down over time and that's because you've you've clicked on however many different things and programs that have been installed on your computer and so now when you turn it on, it takes forever to start up because it's got all these background programs. You know that if you open up your Task Manager or whatever they call it, and on a Mac, and you look at those all those background processes that are running and it's pulling all your all your memory and your RAM. This is what this is what this like. Aaron was talking about like. if you get angry you go drink you get angry you go drink if you do that enough it becomes a background process where your brain it's an automatic thing you're not even thinking about it and that's why it changes so hard is because now it's an automatic thing you're not even aware you know it's just like um we've all done this if you go to work and you you know it's a long day at work and we've all gotten to the place where you come home and you don't remember making the drive right it's because you're you've You've been doing it for so long, your brain just—that's an automatic pop, yeah. pilot thing where it just—it just knows to, to make the turns, it knows where to stop, it knows it knows what to do, and it's just been conditioned. And so, it, once it gets to that level, it's kind of deep seated in your brain. Now, all of a sudden, it, it's going to take a lot of a lot of work to to, to break that habit. And in, in some um, psychology, what they talk about is is like making a scratch in the record, so to speak, trying to correct that to change that that program but yeah we talked about that on triggers i think on the triggers episode where they've done research and found that like if you're again alcoholic you go to a bar the same bar you always go to it takes more to get drunk at that bar than it does if you were to go to a new place and get and to start drinking like if you you know you go out of town and you you stop by a bar you can drink less and, and get buzzed if you're struggling alcohol we're not encouraging you to No, I'm not telling to you to yeah. I'm not telling you to float around <laughs> and take your business elsewhere or anything like that but but Just it, quit yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's quit drinking it's quit drinking but but the reason is because your brain recognizes associates that you you know the visual association of you walk in and you see that your brain sees the processes of the images that you're seeing which is that location and it starts to ramp down everything because it's preparing for the the onslaught of alcohol that's about to receive and so um it takes more to get that effect than a a novel
0: place but that's how crazy complicated our brains and our our bodies are so i mean it's such a it's such a beautiful thing i mean because it can repair itself it can heal itself but as you're kind of moving forward and you're dealing with this can i change where's my hope here that just from a secular point of view this is this is just science. Um, this is not really disputed at this point. I don't believe no, it all uh, that this
1: so is very accepted. Yeah. Um,
0: and so keep that in mind. And it's kind of an odd thing, you know, when we talk about recovery. It's like this is a just a scientific. Um, <laughs> thing, but um, it was one of those things that when I was recovering, just things I did outside of the church was to recognize that I have to change my thought process and my patterns, and I've got to build new connections, Um, and it was one of the ways I approached my recovery from early on, Um, and and it's in so many things. I mean, this applies to your relationships. If you're, you know, the way you guys fight with your spouses, significant others, these are all roadways, highways, and and you've got to break these patterns over time, and that's kind of just, that's the way God designed us, and it's such a beautiful thing. Um, but, but you can do it, but you've got to have that intentionality behind it. So now that you know about it, um, what was the word again, Caleb? Neuroplasticity. Yep. So now that you know about that, yeah. uh, <laughs> look into it, um, plastic brain, <laughs> look it's, into uh... it and begin to utilize it, um, to your advantage intentionally. Um, just, I mean, it's it's already happening. You can't help that, but you can use it to your advantage yeah. um, to be more intentional about the the things that you're doing in your life and what you're overcoming. Um, so,
1: yeah, no, I mean, you know, and that that was something with with the program when I developed this program was to 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 acknowledge and use our physiology. Like, you know, sometimes in the church and we've talked about this before is that we get this, you know, where we talked about sometimes people if you're struggling with medic, you know, depression you know you may need medication to help you and and sometimes in the church our idea is like oh you just need to pray it out and it's like no you know there's a physiology there's a phys you know things inside of our body that are happening And, and the same is happening in addiction where we've established patterns and there's just you know and sometimes again in the church we just ignore that stuff and act like no that's not no it's just you just don't have enough faith or you're not praying enough or it's like no it's like if i'm fat i'm not just gonna pray it out like i gotta go <laughs> nobody's gonna be like just pray the fat away you know it's like they're gonna be like well and while you're at the gym you know yeah. like pray on the treadmill while you're walking and do some <laughs> exercise we all can acknowledge that like christians we 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 understand the connection between exercise and diet and losing weight and yet when it comes to personal behaviors like we just act like there's nothing there's nothing neurological that's going on or physiologically that's going on but that's I, you were talking about, and I, I would explain this to patients, is that our bodies are so f- just fantastically made. It, it's a it's a blessing and a curse because one, they can adapt to so much that we throw at them. I mean, we, we we put our bodies through a lot, and if our bodies weren't so great at adapting, like they are, we would all be we would all die before we were twenty. I mean, we just our bodies wouldn't be able to handle the stuff that we we throw at them the bad part of it is is that by the time something shows up right by the time our check engine light comes on so to speak by the time something hurts that problem's been going on for a while you know generally speaking I mean unless you just like fell off a building and things start to hurt like but if it's just kind of a chronic issue by the time something stops working enough to get your attention to make you go to the doctor then then it's been going on for a while because our body's been adapting to it so long I mean you can you can have blockage in your heart the arteries around your heart, right? Which we call a heart attack. Uh, and if it's if it's mild enough, your your body will grow a whole new artery, right? A whole new artery just bypass the other one. That's crazy. If, if it if it if it's a slow enough blockage, but it's when it's become you know a, a, a bad block that, that that it's not getting any blood flow. It becomes a heart attack. But if it's not bad enough, you can just generate a whole new vessel around your heart. Your, your body will just bypass it, and you've got no idea. Right. I mean, that's how awesome our bodies are, which is great. Other than the fact that it's like usually the first symptoms of heart problems is a heart attack. You know, and that's like, well, that's not good. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I would have much rather have known about that before I almost died. Yeah. You know? So but that's the. That, again, that was my intention with this program. It's like not only you know, we address the spiritual side, it's like you've got to find your purpose and your identity because we, we do we try to find our identity in so many other places, but you got to find your identity in God. Uh, Because that that identity doesn't change. That identity is not reliant on culture or society or the people around you. How God values you, how God loves you is never changing. So we have to identify with that deep hurt, that that God-shaped hole, as C.S. Lewis calls it, inside of our souls. But then we also got to identify and deal with and work with our physiology. We've got to say, okay, here's some patterns and triggers and things, that habits that we have developed and we've got to work on. Breaking those things, so we can change. If you don't, if you only address one of those things and not the other, then then you're gonna
0: really struggle to to break out of your addiction or your habits. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so that's kind of the the secular point of view, um, and Christians still in ours because man, this is by God's design. Um, but but we have more hope than that. So um, there's just hope because this is the way God made your body. I mean, it is just incredibly resilient, and so you can just from that point of view whether you want to buy into the other or not you can should recognize that you have the ability to change it's going to be work it's going to be hard um but but what an incredible hope now as believers we want to talk about the hope that we have in christ some um and so this would be kind of the Christian worldview. And it starts with the gospel. You know, the gospel is, you know, as you guys know, or should know, um, Jesus uh, was God's son. God sent him um, to willingly die so that we could be saved from our sins and forgiven. And so that's a part of the gospel. And that's the the gospel that many know. But just to to get below that surface level, um, you know, 40,000 foot view of of what Christianity is, that there's something deeper that takes place, and it's kind of this this view of we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body, and so God's triune, we're triune, and and our hope in and, and belief in this is at, through salvation, what happens is our spirit's renewed, it's made new, so you're you're reborn. Um, there was a, an encounter Jesus had with. Uh, uh, religious teacher, um, Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Um, and, uh, as they're having this conversation, you know, Jesus explains this concept and Nicodemus is like, are you saying that I've got to go back into my mother's womb and be born? What man can do that? And Jesus is like, no bro. Like that's not what I'm talking about, but there's a rebirth spiritually. So we can't see that, but our spirit is our eternal being i mean that that's forever so we are spirit and i can't see that you can't see mine um, but but that's a very real aspect of who we are now we have a soul there's a huge misconception about soul you know Um, a lot of times we think the soul is what's internal and i know growing up as kids it's like oh you know there would be this conversation about you know don't sell your soul to the devil and you know thinking that that's the this eternal thing well your soul is your mind will and emotions. So, as you think about, you know, the thing that your physical brain does and processes information in this consciousness, that's the soul. So, the spirit's made new in salvation. And the beautiful thing about that is, as your spirit's made new through the help of the Holy Spirit and and what God does in you, you can begin to renew your mind, will, and emotions. That's a process. You're instantaneously made new spiritually, and then there's a process that takes place that's expected. It's not a surprise to God. It's an expected process that we go through. Um, kind of the word that you know we use um, in theology is sanctification. That that over time you renew your mind, will, and emotions. You're renewing your soul and you're making that um, those changes little by little, and then we live in a body. And so there's physical things that take place in the body. When we talk about neuroplasticity, that's a physical change in your brain that takes place. Well, how does it take place? By renewing your mind, will, and emotions. By your spirit being working on your soul, this physical change takes place. And so that's one of the reasons that throughout this program and, and the things that Caleb and I talk about is because we're triune, you've got to work on all three. So when we talk about our hope it's it's great to, to make physical changes to your body to overcome struggles um, it's great to to do things that that deal with your mind will and emotions right that work on the soul um, but you can't ignore the spiritual aspect either so through salvation that's where that begins and and you're able to begin to to walk this out and to work this out in your life
1: no it's good um, yeah I mean you know one of the other things that and I touched on it right before we got on I got a little ahead of myself here as we're talking about our hope from a Christian worldview in this in this regard as far as um, changing is is again, I'm going to bring it back to our our, our identity in that um, you know we talked about it at the beginning uh, where you know and, I, and I've seen it so many times in recovery ministry where you you, you get that the, you know I'm an addict, once an addict always an addict. And because uh, for whatever reason, humans, we just, we, we want to identify, we, we yearn for identity, right? We want, yearn for belonging, we, we yearn to be a part of a group. And I mean, that has never been more evident now in our culture, right? Because we, we have, you know, identity politics and everybody's, we're breaking everybody down now culturally by, you know, their physical attributes, what color your skin is, what your sexual proclivities are what your history is whatever you know I mean just any sort of asinine you know characteristic we can possibly come up with and um it's that's just it goes back to our nature to 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 want to identify and, and like I said we'll see it even in um an addiction I've seen it so much where you're just like wow I'm, a, I'm an addict and and you people who are in, in, in recovery, you're like, well, when's the last time you had a drink? Well, it's been 10 years. You know, it's like, but the, I'm, an, I'm an alcoholic. You know, they just they they feel like they have to keep that label to, to, to stay yeah. involved in recovery or whatever. It's like, no, you, once you become once you've accepted Jesus, you know, you're you know, you're a Christian, right? You're a child of God. Um, I mean, you, you're still a child of God, even if you have it. But you um, you're not redeemed through to God until you accept Jesus. And, and but once you have I mean, that's who you are, right? That's who we are now. Now, there's a lot of different aspects of ourselves, right? I mean, identify as a father, as a husband, as a—I um, mean, I don't know—all sort of musician, uh, you know, a, a writer. Now, I guess I, I'm kind of, kind of, um, you know. I mean, but no, no one of those things is everything that I am, right? I'm, a, I'm a, a, an amalgamation of all those things together, and that that leaves. To a healthy lifestyle and but at the center of that is 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 i'm saved and redeemed through jesus christ because all those other things could change right i mean uh whenever jill finally has enough of me you know decides to divorce me um you know i'm not a husband anymore uh so that that could change uh um, i mean if she knows what she's good for she won't but i just say that because she listens and so she'll she'll hit me with that here's in a, in a few weeks but anyway um you know, uh, I mean, my hands could cut off, be cut off, and I, and I can't play guitar anymore or whatever. Like, there's, all those other things can change, but who I am as a person never changes because everything I am revolves around who I am in Christ. And that's what we try to get people to in our programs, to, is to identify with something that's eternal and never changing. So then you're not always searching for, uh, you know, something to fill that angst, that hole that you have. Um, and that's one of the most important things that you can do is understand is, is, that's why coming to, you know, salvation is the second lesson in our program, is first we have to talk about, you know, we gotta be honest about our struggles and say, man, I'm struggling with this thing. And the second thing you gotta do is, man, we gotta introduce you to a relationship with Jesus Christ, because that's that's where it starts, is filling that gap, filling that hole with something that's eternal, the, 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 you know, the eternal truth of God and his son, Jesus Christ. And then, from that, we build we build out we build out a, a new kind of a personal identity where we 're not saying well i'm I'm an addict that's who I am no it's not
0: that's that's a thing you were that's a part of that's a part of your story and your experience, but that's not who you are yeah, I mean, so that really is I mean there's so much hope just around um, jesus and and what he came to do, and um you know it it's so much more than um, get out of jail free card, you know, which I think is what the church over time has allowed it to become. And kind of like, I know me for the longest time on the outside, that's kind of what I viewed it as, but, but there's greater hope there that again, um, one, you, you know, you, you truly find who you are. And outside of that, you know, through our brokenness, you may have identified as, as victim or addict or, or whatever. And so the hope is that through Christ is that that's not your story. That's not who you are. And so what a great hope in that. And then the fact that, that you are made new that there's a a spiritual rebirth that takes place and so that's that's just that's a change i mean think about that instantaneous change that's inside of you from the moment of salvation What a beautiful hope that is. Um, But beyond that, um, I want to share with you out of two books here in just a moment. I'm gonna start with Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, um, which I think gives just an incredible picture. So when we talk about just the hope that we have as believers and the hope that we have in Christ, um, you know, first is um, just to be made alive. And so Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, it says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit of work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. And so we get this picture of this. This is before Jesus, right? Right here, verses one through four, is you used to live this way. This is what it was. And so that's the kind of that detriment that we get stuck in. And and it's in this place where we begin to feel hopeless. And without Jesus, I mean, it is hopeless, but it doesn't have to be because we all have access to him and we all have access to this change. But, But the world wants you to get stuck right there that you're just, you're a slave to this world, that you're, you're stuck in, in whatever cards you were dealt, that there's no, there's no hope of change. This is all you'll ever be. This is all, this is just who you are. And, and that's that picture. And we've got to begin to open our eyes and realize that that's just not the case, that the gospel, you know, the, the message of Jesus Christ and what he came to do is so much more than uh, you just, you're not going to go to hell at the end of it. I mean, how terrible would that be if that was just God it's like hey you're gonna live just this crap life you know you're everything is gonna be hopeless you're gonna suffer 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 and then at the end of it you know here's salvation I mean which is great but I mean God's I mean to put God in that type of box right there that oh this is this is never gonna change and then I mean <laughs> crazy <laughs> <I'm starting. laughs> um and then in, in verse four it says but God's so rich in mercy Um, And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he um, he has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. And so this is this picture we get that that you were dead, you were hopeless, you were stuck there. But the greater hope that is is that you submit to Jesus Christ as you come into a relationship with him, there's not only a spiritual rebirth, but you're made alive. Um, So those things um, before where you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, that's no longer a truth that has to be played out in your life. And so again, those struggles those strong colds. That's not something that you have to carry with you forever, um, especially not on the other side, right? That's the great hope that we all recognize. But but the truth is it's on this side too, before before death, you know, before our, our burial and resurrection and uh, new bodies. And it says, for he raised us... Um, from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. I mean, again, this is the hope that we have as believers. God saved you the moment you believe through faith, not through works, not through pedigree, not through past or anything else, but strictly by his grace, by grace and faith alone. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Again, gifts are are given to us. They're not earned. My kids, if, if gifts were earned, they would never have a Christmas, right? Um, And the same is true as us, um, with us as people. Um, So this is a gift, though, from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. Thank goodness. I mean, otherwise, I mean, where would my hope be? I mean, I was such a terrible person. And even now, you know, we're so terrible by God's standards. And so, again, the hope that we have, um, the hope of change, the hope of something different, is it's not a reward. For the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. Again, what a beautiful picture. That that you, your brokenness, your masterpiece. Why? Is it because of your actions? No. Is it because of your family? No. Your masterpiece because of what God did in you. That through salvation, God, God makes you that, right? You you're spiritually reborn, you're made right, and you become a masterpiece through salvation, which is a gift. Again, you don't have to earn that. And he has created us anew. A new like so that's that recreation, again that's that hope. That's the rebirth, create us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. And so when we begin to talk about our hope as believers, you know, through the surface level of God saved me and He died on the cross, look at the greater work. I mean there's I mean there's the hope that we we just miss it when we limit it to I'm just not gonna go to hell. And we've got to begin to look at that full picture and when we see it, um this is where christians begin to miss it here and think that i'm I'm saved but i'm still an addict no like i'm saved but i'm still a victim no like this we've got to begin to open our eyes to and understand this that there's a greater hope that we have as believers
1: no i mean the only thing i would add to that is that you know like you were saying if you know i'm saved so i'm not going to go to hell is is kind of missing the whole thing it's like saying I'm married, so I'm gonna get a tax break,
0: you know? I mean, that's... That, that, that's why I got married.
1: Yeah, I mean, if like that's the only reason you're doing it for, then, I mean, you're missing out on the, the, the wholeness of the relationship, right? I mean, as far as, like, all that it brings to you is assuming it's it's a right relationship. <laughs> assuming you, again, as we've, I, I, you know, we have to always make our plug for a relationship talk, but uh, assuming you've, you've gotten yourself right before you've gotten into that relationship and you you guys have, you know, done the, done the work prior to, then you can enjoy that. Um, But yeah, like, uh, I mean, like I said, everything Aaron said was great. um, But yeah, like if we're just, if we're just getting, get out of hell free card, um, you you missed the point. You missed
0: the boat. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, Romans 6, again, uh, this is something that I, I carry heavily with me when I preach and teach um, in, in the recovery world. Um, And, it's kind of at the back of my mind with every message. And Romans six, Romans was written by the apostle Paul. um, And you know, a lot of your Bibles have these headings, Paul didn't put them in there, but we've put them in there to kind of divide content. And so um, Romans six at the top, it says sin's power is broken. And so that's kind of the broader picture that Paul wants us to walk away with. And so, you know, Sin would be the addiction that maybe you've convinced yourself that you can never get away from, that you'll always be that. And so if your hope is in Jesus, then this is for you. There's a concept here I want you to walk away with. It could be, you know, anger controlling you. Um, your know, righteous anger is not a sin, but you know, there's there's anger that's sin. And so there's, that that can be broken, whatever it is that you, you're you coming to Jesus with, that, that's kept you down, held back. Um, but Romans six, starting in verse one, it says, well then, um, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Kind of what took place in five is he's talking about you know, how God saved us. And so it's like, well, so I can just go on doing what I'm going to do because God's going to keep forgiving me, right? So it's like, so should you do that? Of course not. Since we have, um, have died to sin, How can we continue living in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And so we shouldn't keep sinning because we've died to that life, right? That's kind of like the thing, that if we're putting our faith and our hope in Jesus, um, then then we should be dead to these desires, that there should be that conviction that takes place. Um, I tell this often in my testimony. When I was 16 years old, I was in military school. I didn't have a great understanding of, of Jesus Christ, the church, any of that. Um, but to get out of PT, I would go to a church on Wednesday. Um, God works in miraculous ways, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so in in a service there as I'm as I'm coming, um, I believe that um God's Holy Spirit began to nudge me and I responded in that moment and, and I became saved for the very first time. Now, there was still a process in my flesh, so my spirit was made new, and I truly believed that in that moment. And I still had a very fleshly battle and you know I didn't didn't fully understand, but something happened. Before this moment, I lived without conviction. Um I mean <laughs> You could go back and talk to some of my psychiatrists before then, um, and I had a few and <laughs> different moments. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I had one classify me as borderline schizophrenic. I don't even know what the heck that is, but it's not a good thing. <laughs> I don't know how you can be borderline either. I figured you're either schizophrenic I mean. or not, but, um, but you know, what was it? I mean, it was just this sin of my life. I was so broken mentally that I did awful things without reservation. My, my only concern was, am I gonna go to prison or you know, am I gonna get away with it? That, that, that was the extent of my moral compass. After this moment, I could not go and do the things I did with that same mindset. I tried. I mean, I got out of military school and I tried to do all the exact same things I was doing, but things were just never right again. Why? Because of this rebirth right here and and what had changed in that rebirth that now there was conflict inside where there was none. And it wasn't because of anything else that took place that I did. It was the beginning um, of the work of, of God's spirit of dealing with my incredibly broken flesh and, and dealing with the sin of my life that all of a sudden it was just like, I feel bad about this. That's weird. And I would try to push past it with all my might. <laughs> I mean, I really would. But I just couldn't. Um, I could never go back to the exact same life. And little by little, with each passing year, like things began to off, fall off. like Because God just kept dealing with me and dealing with me and, and leading me in different ways because of this. And, and so this is kind of that, this process taking place right here. Um, And I like the end. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by his glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Well, that's what happened. Like uh, it was a new life, something new had begun. And so I was trying with everything to carry this with me. And so if you truly, you truly are saved and you've put your faith in Jesus and this has happened, there should be um, conflict in your life about what you're doing. Um, I'm not saying you're gonna be perfect. I'm still not perfect. And we are now at this point, 20 years down the road from that decision. And I still plenty of things I have to work on, Um, but, that's like, should we keep on sinning? No, of course not. You shouldn't be able to live exactly the way that you were. That, that, That shouldn't be a possibility. And so he goes on in five, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. When we look at that crucifixion, it's dead. Like there's a death. Our old lives are dead. And so we should be come to this place where we're, where we're dead to sin, um, in every regard. And, uh, I've used this example before, but like, if I look at a corpse, if I, uh, if I bring a corpse with me to a party to do sinful things, um, it's, it's unresponsive. It can't participate because he's dead. Um, <laughs> like, like, and so that's kind of a, a really odd analogy, it but <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of the picture that we should have that, um we want to get to a place that that our flesh is that responsive to things that are wrong now would you get there on this side i seriously doubt it if you do let me know how you do that but that's kind of like the goal like as lifeless as a corpse is to sinful action that's where we want to get our flesh because it's supposed to be crucified um We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power. It shouldn't pull us, it shouldn't drag us, that that's what we're going for. Um, and so we know um, we are no longer slaves to sin. Before Jesus, we are. That, that's the, the old thing, but there's this hope that with Jesus, we no longer have to be enslaved to that. We no longer have to be led by it, that we can be led by the Spirit. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin again when we died with Christ we were set free from the power of sin again what a beautiful hope that we have um, through the work of Jesus Christ and what he's done i mean this this is the hope that we have as believers it's not to be stuck in the same lifestyle same pattern forever that there is freedom there's freedom you don't have to be a slave to it. And when, uh, since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power of him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. Again, When he died, he did, died once to break the power of sin. So, But now he lives and he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to To God through Jesus Christ, and so, as you're kind of you're if you're struggling, if you're feeling hopeless, um, you know those. These are two things. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, Romans 6, 1 through 11 are two places to go back, really begin to study. Deep dive in those. I mean, spend some time in God's word. God's word's a mirror, right? It helps us to see things that are wrong. But I mean, it's also a place of hope and encouragement. And just knowing that, I mean, the world at every turn may tell you this is all you'll ever be. Um, You're stuck here. Nothing's ever gonna change. Maybe that's the mantra of the world. Um, But begin just to reflect on the fact that that's bull crap. It's not true. Um, if, if, I, if that's what I had bought into, I would still be living out life the way that I was. But that's not the message that, that Jesus came to the world with. You know, sin's power uh, loses its power as far as like eternal damnation and separation from God. But it loses its power over our day-to-day lives too. As we lean into Jesus, he can deal with those things um, through that process of sanctification.
1: Yeah, <laughs> ditto. <laughs> Yeah, no. um yeah i don't know i'm still hung up on bringing a corpse to a party so <laughs> hey, um, i actually I was seen like a, I was like i've seen it? an where's, article where's actually where's gonna go with this <laughs> yeah
0: i've seen an article a couple a couple months ago where uh some rapper had died i think it was in new york and yeah they actually propped this guy's corpse up in the uh club, dance hall, whatever yeah. it was. It was the weirdest thing I've ever it's seen the in my way life. He wants to go. So I said mine is an unrealistic um, kind of thing at one point, but That's now right. apparently people That's bring courses to yeah. parties. So See, you
1: got to move away from that now because yeah. you don't want to influence <laughs> negative
0: behavior there. So another analogy that I would use,
1: maybe it's a little bit more, is like, you know, I've used it before, is talking about, you know, getting married, right? And you start your relationship with Jesus, it's like, you know, you're, you're getting married in that, you know, One day I'm single, the next day I'm I'm married, my behavior should change, right? Like I should be living with my wife, I should not be going out trying to pick up other women, I should be, you know, there's a lot of things that have happened that have changed. Now, as you know, as you, anybody who's been married for a number of years, you know that it's a little rocky at times because you're having to, to, you know, bring your life together with somebody else's life and you guys have to learn how to to do life together. and so it takes it takes time it takes time and it takes work and effort to build a strong marriage in a, in a strong relationship as you as you begin to shed all those kind of your individual desires right you start to you know i've said it before that a marriage is 100% and 100% um, and and it's the same way with christ is that uh, you know as i as i start to to let go of my lordship over my own life and allow him to have it um, that, that's a process, and it takes time. I mean, you you said it's twenty years for you. It's even longer for me. I, I'm trying to remember. I was like eleven, I think, when I got saved. So, um, that's what thirty years. I see. I'm I'm old enough for the math is getting harder. <laughs> so, and I'm not I'm not perfect. You know, I still struggle with the same. You know, a lot of a lot of things. Now, I mean, I'm better than I was in certain areas. Um, I have a lot more patience. That's for sure than I used to have. And with people. Um, but there's still stuff that I work on and there will always be stuff that I work on, right? You know, um, and Paul makes that reference a number of times uh, in the New Testament that it's just something that he will continue, that he continues to press on towards until, you know, basically till this life is over. That's always something that we're going to work on. And it's just like recovery. It's always a process, right? There's, it's not a, a t- you, you just flip a switch and I was, I was an addict, now I'm not. Um, you know, I had all these problems, now I don't. Uh, and just like Aaron was talking about, when he accepted Jesus, you know, it wasn't that everything necessarily went away, but all of a sudden there's a conviction there to not do the things that he that he wanted to do, and that's how it is with with Christ and, and most things in life that we we identify these things that we want to change and we or they said so we come into this relationship with Jesus and we go okay. Um, you know what, what? What does that look like in my life now? And, and now I have you know feelings about what is right and what is wrong that I didn't have before. And so you know now I've got to start to adjust my life, and it takes time, and it takes it takes uh, like I said a process, and it takes like we talked before, um, you know, some intentionality and breaking those those uh, connections we have in our brain and those habits and those you know a whole it's a whole new lifestyle that we live, uh, but it's something that. Uh, that's totally worth it, right? That we we get that freedom um, in our life. We have that purpose in our life. We have a value that doesn't change in our life. Um, And so it it gives us something to live for and it does give us hope on this side of of the ground, you know, that we don't have to just wait till we get to heaven to to experience uh, hope and joy and love and all the the, the fruits of the spirit that uh, God has promised us. because we're living our life uh, in accordance with Christ and, um, you know, trying to see, see the world and people through his eyes, like he sees us, um, uh, which really changes my perspective. You know, if I look through people, look at people through my own eyes, uh, it's, it's a totally different, <laughs> totally different <laughs> thing. Cause I'm a very cynical, uh, critical person by nature. And, and um, you know, I, if I was just given over to my own inclinations, I would just live in a cave, you know, off in the wilderness somewhere like away from everybody but um you know that that's just like I said if it if i was to take me at my base instincts and just let them run now i, I obviously don't think that way i mean i've been involved in recovery ministry for a long time trying to help people do better and you know so obviously yeah. jesus has made a difference in my life yeah, God, god's made it <laughs> done an amazing work miracles Taylor. happen right uh, uh, but i mean you know and that's uh but that's my nature that's a, that's 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 what Christ has done in that i you know i i view people this, i try to view people the way christ views them the way he views me is that you know i created this you know this person was created in the image of god and that they have a, a, a purpose and a reason to be here and they need to find that purpose and live it out to the best of their ability and that's what you know god calls me to help people to, to try to do that by you know getting them out of their struggles so they can find him so they can find their purpose and do that thing so um we are free through through that and i think that's probably all it yeah um, so while. just one
0: thing um you know you can you can uh, text the vote whose analogy was better to eight six seven five three zero nine. I don't think you want to see the results of that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, man, we are grateful that you guys were able to stick it out with us today. This ended up, uh, you know, it's funny every time we have short notes and we're unprepared, we just ramble on forever. Um, Well, we're
1: never unprepared, you know. We, (laughs) to be fair, this is my the my uh, point of pride in our in our podcast is that we we have, um, and I always bring it up to my wife or anybody else that we talk to. It's like we have very limited notes on on our are not ours it's yours um, you know just a couple couple points and we we just riff basically for <laughs> what I, we're going on over an hour yeah, now man. and no 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 cuts no like oh we gotta we gotta edit that yeah. It's, it's the stuff we say before that we have to edit, but yeah, but you know, there's no edits, there's no nothing. We just, we just, we can, we can go on on just a few things. But yes, I know it's like we think, oh, this will be a short episode, no. it's nope. like the longest episode ever. <laughs>
0: so you're but, welcome. Uh, yeah, Thank, thanks, for still being here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just a reminder, man, check us out on social media: uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Like and share content there. Um, I didn't plug Caleb's book at the beginning. I totally spaced. But yeah, man, be sure to check out uh, Pursuing Freedom um, on Amazon second edition coming soon oh it is man yeah. and it's gonna be good we've made some changes As we I mean Caleb made changes yeah. I edited the I, cover I <laughs> ran it ran it by some people but God. yeah we've,
1: we, we'll we have to do a podcast where we talk about some of the things that we we've,
0: I've changed we tweaked a little bit yeah uh, definitely um, some of our lessons but and then um, I forgot this too man we've got a recovery roundtable coming up January 20th so man look for that the link for that we'll be putting out content um, pretty soon so be sure to get engaged with that um, g- leave us phenomenal reviews wherever you listen to your your podcast at check yeah. out last week's episode too with pastor Rick but uh, um, I'm sure that was that, good one
1: last thing since we're bringing that up you know' good to, to, to go back to the thing that we were talking about at the beginning where where our listenership has gone up and we, we, we could see a map where, you know, people are tuning in from or downloading from. And, you know, again, a lot of those are probably just bots. But hey, if you are listening from somewhere other than the Claremore, Oklahoma area, where we are located, uh, shoot us a message. Like, I'd be interested to see, like, if you're in a different country or something like that, and yeah. you're listening to us, like, just say, just send an email to uh, info. Aaron, or info at Church, yeah. And just say, hey, I'm listening from, Uganda or whatever. Yeah.
0: Definitely. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. I would actually like to know that those aren't just bots.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least there's one person that's not a bot listening to <laughs> us and, uh, Chile. Or, no. know,
0: there's a lot, of, a lot of people down in Brazil listening to us. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> But uh, again, that contact information, info at Church. You can call the church office, 918-283-2221 If you're struggling with anything, you need help, maybe reach out to us We would love to be here for you, give you resources connect you, even if you're not here maybe connect you with somebody locally in your area but we'd love to hear from you We love you guys, uh, and hopefully um, you'll be back next week <laughs>